welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Open up our Bibles to the Old Testament book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 23, and then we're going to look at Joshua chapter 24. So this is a passage here, we're looking at the family, and this message here is one that I believe is, um, it even fits in with Veterans Day, because I want to give you some background information on who Joshua was and what's going on here, because we're going to come to a verse that is what I call the Hobby Lobby verse, and it's, it's as for me and my family, we will worship the Lord, because if you go to Hobby Lobby, you will see a stuff you can purchase that has that verse on it, and then put it all over your house, but there's, there's a fear with this verse, because Joshua, even though that is a phenomenally powerful verse, the people who proclaimed that verse, they didn't worship the Lord. They came after Joshua, and they abandoned the Lord. So who is Joshua? Moses mentored and discipled Joshua for 40 years. Moses, every picture of Moses, he's an old man, because when he was 80 years old, God called him from a burning bush And he says, Moses, you're going to go to Pharaoh in Egypt, and you're going to go tell all the Egyptian, the Pharaoh and the Egyptian people that uh, my Hebrews, at that point there was a million and a half of them. They were up in northern Egypt called Goshen, not far from Gaza today. And he says, you're going to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. So, of course, Pharaoh had a hard heart. The Lord hardened his heart. We had to go through ten different plagues. And finally, on plague number ten, They left, and then the Egyptians uh, changed their mind, and Pharaoh started chasing them, and then they passed through the Red Sea, through the walls, God part of the Red Sea, the Red Sea collapsed on top of the Egyptians. They get to the other side, called the Sinai Peninsula, which is current-day Egypt, but back then it wasn't Egypt. So they're in the Sinai Peninsula, and they're wandering around, and they just are disobedient to the Lord. They do not honor the Lord. They don't follow his commands. God's getting mad at them. Moses is getting frustrated. So God says, okay, fine. For your actions, none of you, none of the adults were eligible to enter the promised land. Now the children, if you were like 18 and under, you, you were when you got older, could enter the promised land. So all adults, basically they wander around the desert and they died off. So then Joshua, uh, Moses leads them up after 40 years to the edge of the Jordan River to cross into the promised land. And that's the land of Israel today. So what happened is uh, Joshua, Moses is buried by the Lord. Only the Lord knows where Moses is buried. And then Joshua becomes the leader. And Joshua is a military leader. So he would have been honored during Veterans Day. So he would have got, the, he led the people into the um, of promised land. They start conquering cities such as Jericho, AI, and they just go city after city, and they start taking the land. And then Joshua really secures Israel. It pa- becomes a powerful nation. God's blessing is upon this young nation. And so what we see here is Joshua, when we get to Joshua chapter 23, Joshua's starting to become an older man. And he realizes he's about to pass away. But he knows there's all this, these generations behind him, and that all the military victories that Israel secured came because of the Lord. God gave them the victory. God was the one who answered all their prayers and who guided them to their promised land. But Joshua's worried. You know, he's worried because he's got these people behind him 
and they just don't seem as devout and committed to the Lord as Joshua is. So what happens is, in a good way to illustrate leadership when you're guiding other people, you, all, you have children, grandkids behind you. It's kind of like if you run, the people behind you walk. If you walk, then those people are crawling. If you're crawling, they're laying down. And then if you're laying down, they just die. And I'm saying this in a spiritual sense. So a lot of times you'll see someone who's just running with the Lord really strong, and their children might be just walking along. They're not quite there yet. And spiritually, their desires for God aren't like mom and dad or grand, grandma and grandpa. But what you hope is that those younger people, the generations behind you, take ownership of their faith and see the faith of, gra- of grandma and grandpa and mom and dad, and that becomes their own personal faith and that own devout faith to the Lord and that commitment. Joshua has a lot of hesitancy about the people behind him because he, he was taught by Moses. He witnessed miracles with these battles, with the walls of Jericho falling down, how God just has delivered Israel to everyone, uh, to all these different battles. But now we're going to come to this scripture. And what this is, this is Joshua's farewell address. So he's about to pass away, and he's got his final words. And he's, he's sharing this. You know, y'all know I'm a podcast listener. I listen to hours of podcasts every single day. That's what I do. And uh, I was listening to one this past week. You know, some guy, he was talking about uh, generations of uh, teaching and training people in the faith behind you. And he was teaching how a lot of times we, we, we want to be remembered and we want to be thought of for eternity. But the truth is, this is not going to happen. Three generations after us, this is all of us here, we will totally be forgotten about. Totally. This guy was explaining it. That the only thing that will be remembered about you, now three generations, so you have three generations be your great-grandchildren. You know, your children should remember, they should remember mom and dad. You, know, you remember grandma and grandpa. Maybe you don't know a lot about grandma and grandpa, but you kind of know grandma and grandpa. But you probably don't know a lot about great-grandma and great-grandma. Now, you might have met them a little bit. I'm sure there might be every now and then someone here and there that knew their great-grandparents really well. But for the most part, most of us, I didn't know my great-grandparents. They had already passed away. All I knew about them is what, I guess you can read about them on Ancestry.com, and then what year they were born, what year they passed away, if they own any land, and where they lived. And that's about it. That is really, when you get to your great-grandparents, or great-grandchildren, or versus either way you go, great-grandparents, you just know extremely little about them. And and we don't think that way, but our, our memory on earth is, is three generations, both ways. So that's how people are going to remember you. And what we're about to see right here is Joshua is going to put that in context because he knows he's about to pass away. And he has got to invest in this generation behind him into the Lord because they don't have that same rock-solid commitment that was handed to him from Moses. So that's what we're going to pick up here in our Bibles. Joshua chapter 23, verse 14. Joshua says, I am now going the way of the whole earth. Do you all know what that means? 
Every single living thing in this world does one thing. Do y'all know it does one thing, every single living thing? It dies. Trees die. Dogs die. Plants die. People die. Churches die. I mean, it's just uh, nations die out. You know, Veterans Day. No, nothing lasts forever except relationship, eternity with Jesus Christ. Stuff dies. We are not promised eternal. Only thing we are promised is eternal life. That's it. And, all, and that's because Jesus was resurrected. That's what Easter's all about. Because he conquered death. But Joshua's realizing everyone else this has occurred to. They're dying. And Joshua's realizing my window is closing. And he, real, he knows my time is coming to an end. And he says here, And you know with all of your heart and with all of your soul, that none of the good promises the Lord your God made to you has failed. Everything was fulfilled for you. Not one promise has failed. What a Bible verse. Joshua is telling the people, listen, nothing the Lord promised has ever failed. And we cling to that. That's the only hope we have. God's promises are true. Everything else will be a disappointment. Everything else dies. But we cling to God's promises. And God had made a covenant with the people. The commitment was that they follow and worship and obey the Lord. And our covenant today is through Jesus Christ. In, in Bible times, that covenant was given through what we call the law through Moses. And what God gave when He called Moses at Mount Sinai. He said, here are my covenantal people. Y'all are set apart for the Lord. You're different than any, everyone else. You're a holy nation for me. So Joshua's saying, guys, do not forget how good God is. His promises are not bad. They're always good. Since every good thing the Lord your God promised to you has come about, so he will bring to you every bad thing until he has annihilated you from this good land the Lord your God has given you. If you break the covenant of the Lord, your God, which he commanded you, so this is a big if statement, and go and serve other gods and bow and worship them, the Lord's anger will burn against you, and you will quickly disappear from the good land he has given you. So this good land is the land of Israel. They cross the Jordan River. They're living in the land of Israel. They've had lots of military victories. They're starting to settle out over the land and taking their promised land. And Joshua is saying, if you continue to honor the Lord and obey the Lord, this will be your land. Just for eternity, it'll always be your land. But if you disobey the Lord, God, he actually said in the latter part of verse 16, will not just make you disappear, he will make you quickly disappear. You'll vanish. You'll no longer be there quickly disappear. They will lose the land immediately. That's because when we disobey God, we are disciplined for that. He doesn't let uh, sin just slide by. There's consequences for our actions. We as Christians, when we live in rebellion for God, we pay a price. And you say, what price is that? I'll tell you the price. Because Jesus told us that price. In John 10.10, he illustrated it. He says, the devil comes to steal, 
to kill and to destroy. In that order. The devil steals your joy. He steals your family. He steals your opportunities you've had before you. Because of sin, you've just lost it. You went, you made foolish decisions, and it's gone. Then when you realize, I've had my joy, my happiness, my love for the Lord, the things in my life have been stolen from me, then He kills you. You just, maybe not physically die, but spiritually you're dead. And there are spiritually dead people all around us. And you can see it. They're bitter. They're angry. They mock the Lord. They're just spiritually dead. And then he says, destroy. And that's what the devil does to people in hell. People who do not love the Lord go to hell, the Bible teaches us. And that's an eternal hell. That's what the devil does. Still kill and destroy. And that's out of John 10.10. So the Bible's teaching us here that we will, we will pay a price for our disobedience to the Lord. Now, we are in Christ when we're saved. So we don't, we don't, our obedience to God doesn't, we don't do that because it is so much that we're trying to earn our salvation. We're obedient to the Lord because we are saved. Understand, why do you and I want to honor the Lord? Because of what Jesus did on the cross, and I'm in Christ. So because I am saved, then I honor the Lord with my life. I'm not trying to gain favor with God. But if I'm saved and I make foolish, sinful decisions, I will still pay the consequences for those decisions. I will still lose joy and happiness. I'll lose that fellowship with God. So now, go on down to chapter 24. Chapter 24 here. This is the last chapter in the book of Joshua. Joshua here is going to give a farewell address. And it starts out, we're, we're going to pick up on verse 14. The first 13 ver verses is what I call testimony time. They gave a history of all the great things God has done. And that's a good thing to do. You always look back and say, look, how, look at these prayers that God answered. Look how God moved in this situation. So then we get to verse 14. And it's time for a covenant renew renewal. Joshua is saying, I'm about to go. And I want y'all to pledge, make a pledge to the Lord. Therefore, this is what Joshua says. Fear the Lord, the God, fear the Lord, the Lord, and worship him in sincerity and truth. Get rid of the gods of your ancestors. They worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and worship the Lord. But if it doesn't please you, to worship the Lord, choose for yourselves today, which will you worship? The gods of your ancestors, which they worship beyond the Euphrates River, or the gods of the Amorites, in whom land you are living? I want to stop right there. So Joshua's looking at these folks. He's about to die, and he says, you know, you need to make your choice today. You're going to have to choose who you're going to worship. You can worship the Lord, or you can worship these gods of your ancestors of the Euphrates River. The gods of the ancestors of the Euphrates River actually go back to the time of Abraham. Because remember, Abraham is where the Israelites came from. Abraham was called out of the Ur of the Chaldeans, and that was in the Euphrates River area. And Abraham, he practiced what we call polytheism until God called him. He was just a nomadic 
man who worshipped probably many gods. And then God called and spoke to him and revealed himself as the one true God. And Abraham believed the Lord and realized this polytheistic ancestral worship that I've been doing is wrong. I'm going to start worshiping the Lord. And that's where the birth of Israel comes from right there. So Joshua is saying, you can go back to your ancestral worship all the way back to Abraham, or you can go even worship these Amorite false gods of the land we just took because you went into the promised land. There were all these different people groups, and the Amorites were one of them, the Canaanites, the Perizzites. I mean, they just make a list of them all. And the Lord just helped Joshua defeat them all. So he says, you have to make a decision. Are you going to worship all these false gods? Or are you going to worship the Lord? It's your choice. And we see that freedom of choice even today. God calls us, who am I going to worship? Notice the assumption that's made. You're going to worship something. Worship is a total devotion. For some of us, our worship, it, it might not be this. It's just whatever culture throws our way, whatever d- demands our attention, whatever our complete focus. I mean, if you wake up in the morning and all it's about is social media and all throughout the day and all night long when you go to bed and that's all you're thinking about, you might be worshiping social media. You don't realize it, but that is all you're thinking about, about who's doing what, what, what are people up to, see what people are saying. I mean, this applies to politics. This applies to our 24-7 news cycle. It's just what is next? Each week here in America, we have some new crisis that goes on. And it keeps people hooked. And you can find yourself just, just driven by this day after day. And Joshua is saying, are you going to live your life this way? Or are you going to follow and live for the Lord? There's a contrast of the two. So look what the people, um, look what Joshua says here. This is the latter part. Here's the Hobby Lobby Bible verse. Latter part, verse 15. Joshua says, As for me and my family, we will worship the Lord. Now, Joshua says that, but there's somewhat sadness with that verse because later on we're going to see his family does not worship the Lord. They abandon the Lord. This is We're reading the very end of Joshua, chapter 24. The next chapter in the Bible is Judges chapter 1. After Joshua passes away, the book of Judges begin, and that's become a series of different leaders. And they turn away from God. Judges is a sad book of rebellion against the Lord. And these people who are right here in Joshua chapter 24, making this pledge to God, making this promise to God, they will soon abandon the Lord. Look what the people reply here. This is the people's statement. Joshua's not going to believe them, what they say. The people replied, We will certainly not abandon the Lord to worship other gods, for the Lord our God brought us and our ancestors out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery, and performed these great signs before our eyes. He also protected us all along the way, and we went among the peoples whose land we traveled through. So they just gave a recount of what they just did. They came out of slavery. They defeated, uh, they went through the desert for 40 wills. 40 years, and now they're in the promised land. God's delivered them over. The Lord drove us out, us all out 
of the peoples, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will worship the Lord our God because he is our God. That's what the people pledged. Now that sounds really good, but Joshua doesn't believe them. Look what he says. But Joshua told the people, I'm going to show you all in a little bit, we're going to come to why he doesn't believe them. I'm in chapter 24, verse 19. You want to follow along. But Joshua told the people, you will not be able to worship the Lord your God because he is a holy God. That's an important statement. Holiness means perfection. God is set apart. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions and sins. If you abandon the Lord and worship foreign gods, he will turn against you, harm you, and completely destroy you after he has been good to you. Meaning, even after God has been good to you, he will still, because of your disobedience, turn against you. That means what we're talking about here is the people probably thought, this is what they're thinking. We've had Joshua. He's led us into all these military victories. We've had Moses. He went up and met God on Mount Sinai and led us out of, the, out of Egypt. He has been our guide. I mean, the past 60, 70 years between Moses and Joshua, these two men have been godly, phenomenal leaders of the people. And now there's not, there's, and the people are just assuming it's always been this way. We've always had Moses. We've always had Joshua. We'll just continue seeing God's blessing. And I think what Joshua's saying is just because you've had God's blessing in the past does not ensure and guarantee you're going to have it in the future. Even for our nation, we're not guaranteed a future for the United States. We don't, if we abandon the Lord, if, if our country makes foolish decisions, you won't have the United States of America. If, if, if Christians and families abandon the Lord, you won't have churches. You won't have uh, Christian families. It's, it is phenomenally easy to abandon the Lord when you have someone who wants to still kill and destroy everything you're doing. You have an enemy. And that's the devil who's doing that. And Joshua is fully aware of that. But the people don't get it. They don't understand what's about to come. And then look what the people say in verse 21. We're about to see a massive revelation here. Verse 21. Joshua is warning. He just warned them. He, he doubts what they said. No, the people answered Joshua. We will worship the Lord. Joshua then told the people. You are witnesses against yourselves that you yourselves have chosen to worship the Lord. We are witnesses. So they're claiming, Joshua, we don't care what you say, even though you have your doubts, we will worship the Lord. Then look what he says in verse 23. Here it is. These people have just been proclaiming that they're about to worship the Lord and they're going to live for Jesus and they're going to do what's right. And then Joshua looks at them and says, okay, if that's the case, you, you claim to be a witness you claim you're going to worship the Lord, then in verse 23, then get rid of the foreign gods that are among you and turn your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. Joshua knew these same people who were claiming that they're going to worship the Lord have idols at their house. They're, they have hidden sins. They have all of these immoral things in their homes and in their tents and where, they're, where they live. And they're claiming they would come to Joshua and they say, 
yes, I'm going to live for Jesus. He's the most important person in my life. Then they go back to their homes and they're worshiping idols. Folks, we easily can do that today. You come to church, you go to Sunday school, and you say one thing, and then the rest of your life, it doesn't add up to who you're claiming you worship. Joshua knew if you're going to worship the Lord, you have to go get rid of these idols, the idols of today. I probably, I'm guessing, most of us, probably none of us, actually worship idols like they had back then. They actually had physical idols they actually worship. That's not our idols today. Our idols today, it's going to be what I would call just following along with culture. We have this massive cultural drift in our country. And it will just suck you along in everything. And it's, you see it everywhere you go. It's all of media. It's TV. It's music. It's movies. It's just the attitudes of today. It's uh, just, you just go somewhere and people use foul language. No one even thinks twice about it. It's just, it's just something that used to be considered so wrong and sinful is now open and accepted. That is the idol of today. And, the one, and it's capitalized by what I call self-centeredness, where you just believe the world revolves around you. And it's all about me. And Joshua is looking at these people who are claiming they worship the Lord, yet they have hidden idols at their home. One of the ways, if you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, it starts by saying, God, what are the hidden, secret, sinful areas of my life that I need to get rid of? And he uses that phrase, get rid of the foreign gods. Foreign gods. For us, it might not be, we might not call them foreign gods, but what does not belong? What do we need to get rid of in our life? That doesn't belong. And some of it might be a sinful attitude or an arrogant spirit or just cockiness towards other people. And there's no place for it among God's people. And Joshua's calling these people. You need to get rid. You, this has got to change. You're saying one thing, but your house is filled with idols. So the people said to Joshua, verse 24, we will worship the Lord God and, and obey Him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people at Shechem. That's such a significant place, Shechem. It was not too long earlier, five, six hundred years, that Abraham, the founder of Israel, was at Shechem right when he came into the promised land. And it was at Shechem that the Lord, in the promised land, the Lord first appeared to Abraham, and Abraham built an altar. So this is not an insignificant place. Right here at Shechem, where God appeared to Abraham, is where the people are making a covenant renewal. And what's sad about this is they do not keep this covenant. They do not worship the Lord. The book of Judges begin and they start worshiping these foreign gods. There they are in Shechem and they established a statute, a statute, an ordinance for them. Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. He also took a large stone and set it up there under the oak at the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to the people, you see this stone. So Joshua wants to build a monument, some type of, of a, a statement so we can use to remember 
that it's time to could be committed to worship the Lord. You see this stone, it will be a witness against us. For it has heard all the words of the Lord, he said to us, and it will be a witness against you, so that you will not deny your God. Then Joshua sent the people away, each to his own inheritance. Joshua said, you know, you just made this commitment. In fact, we're going to build a stone here, and we're all going to sign it. As I'm about to pass away, and when I'm gone, I'm in heaven, I want you to look at that stone, and I want you to remember the commitment you made to the Lord. And you would say, well, what would be a stone for us today? Y'all know what you should do. You should take your Bible when you go home today. You take your Bible, and we all have phone chargers. And you put your Bible under your phone charger. So every single time that you go and grab your phone, do you know what else you're seeing right there? You're seeing your Bible. And that is your reminder that you should spend time with the Lord. That is a stone. It's something that you can use as a reminder. Because remember, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And you will forget this message. You will, he steals your memory. You make a commitment today, but you forgot it by a month or two. You can't remember what happened a month ago. I can't even remember what happened a month ago. But if you know I'm going to change where I place my, my Bible every day. So when I go grab my phone, look right there. It's on top of that. That serves as a reminder. I need to daily be in this Word of God as much as I play on my phone. Folks, that's what a stone is. And I want to tell you, some of us need a covenant renewal in our life. We're worried about the generation behind us, and our children, and our grandchildren. Because they aren't following maybe the Lord. You worry they're, they're not devoted as much as we are. We're worried about our nation. About what's going to happen in the future. The people who are going to be leading us in, in the future. Because yes, what happened in yesteryear, the blessings of the past, does not assure blessings in the future. God's, God's, uh, he was looking for people to be 100% obedient and dependent upon Him. It's not just a one-time decision. When you got saved, you gave your entire life to Jesus all the way up to the point of death. You didn't give it to Him just for one day or till you got baptized. When you get saved, you literally made the biggest and greatest decision in your life. You told the Lord, says, Lord, I'm yours forever. All the way, if I live to be 50 years old or I live to be 105 years old, however long, I'm yours. That is the commitment you and I make. And we want to pass that same commitment on to the generation coming behind us. So we have to be careful. When you read this verse here, in verse uh, chapter 24, verse 15, as for me and my family, we will worship the Lord. You know, it's easy to say that, but it's a lot harder to take action on it. Because the family who worships the Lord gets rid of all the idols, and they all know it, they put up stones of remembrance. This afternoon, I'm asking you, what are the things in your life, what are the idols in your life that you need to get rid of? And it's, they're all around us. And for all of us, it's something different. And what stones in your life, what spiritual markers and reminders do you need to set up 
So you daily remember, if not daily, multiple times a day, remember the Lord. That is what Joshua's calling the people to. And the sad thing is, they don't. They didn't worship the Lord. They abandoned the Lord. We read this story, and it teaches us that we know there is a danger if we don't put the disciplines in our life, in our future, our children and grandchildren's life, because uh, this devil comes along and he's going to still kill and destroy. If he did it to Israel in, Ju- in Judges chapter 1, which is right after this, he does it to us today. This morning, this afternoon, I'm asking you to make a commitment. God, I want to be someone like Joshua who can say, as for me and my family, we worship the Lord. We got rid of all the idols. We cleaned out sin. We looked in dark areas of our lives and hidden, hidden things going on. We erased it. We put accountability of it in our life. And Lord, we are yours. Our commitment today is saying, God, I'm going to start setting up memorial markers for daily spending time with you. Joshua had that in his life. And his children didn't. And he would plead with them, please obey. And they did not obey. And we, luckily, this is before Jesus, we now have Christ in our life. But with that same devotion Joshua had to the Lord, we need to have that same commitment to Christ this morning. So I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. We're going to have our invitation to, to respond to God. Remember that question that they asked. They asked the question, Joshua asked the people, choose today who you will serve. And I asked that question to you this afternoon. Choose today who you will serve. If you want to get saved, what we do is I stand down front at the end of every service. Right here, you come take my hand. And we can pray and receive Jesus. Ask Jesus into your life. This is also your time. If you want to join our church family, you come make that public and become part of the Broadway Baptist family. So we're standing together, and we're going to sing song number 433 in our songbook, I Surrender All. Zach's going to be standing out here with me. I stand out front. You respond to the Lord.